Kia ora team, my name's Ben and let's talk about energy systems. So, our, our source of energy is adenosine triphosphate, which is a molecule of adenosine with three phosphates attached. And when we break it, we break off the last phosphate and energy is released. So when we start to exercise, we've got enough ATP that's stored in our cell for about three seconds. So the first high intensity molecule that can um, resynthesize or remake ATP is creatine phosphate. And it comes across, it snaps off its phosphate and it adds it to the adenosine diphosphate and then we remake or resynthesize ATP. So we've got enough creatine phosphate for about eight to 10 seconds. Then we need to start breaking down our carbohydrates. So remember, blood sugar is glucose, and to break down means lysis. So the breakdown of sugar or carbohydrate is glycolysis. And when we break down um, glucose via glycolysis, we get two ATP and two pyruvic molecules. Then, if, um, if we're exercising at a lower intensity and we've got enough oxygen, then we can use our aerobic energy system and oxygen and the pyruvic molecule enter the mitochondria and we have the aerobic energy system. All right. So what happens to pyruvic acid once it's been formed via glycolysis? So if we have enough oxygen, the pyruvic acid enters the Krebs cycle in the mitochondria. But if we don't have enough oxygen, the pyruvic acid turns into lactic acid. So when the lactic acid starts to accumulate or build up, then it disassociates or breaks apart into lactate and hydrogen. And a buildup of hydrogen makes the body more acidic and makes the cell more acidic. And we start to fatigue because we can't create ATP anymore. So if we train at our anaerobic threshold, which is that level where lactic acid starts to accumulate. If we train at or over our anaerobic threshold, we move the anaerobic threshold higher. So this lets an athlete perform at a higher intensity for a longer period of time before lactic acid starts to accumulate. And this is a good thing because our anaerobic threshold is the beginning of the end, the beginning of the athlete starting to fatigue. So if we completely catabolize or break down a glucose molecule, we end up with 36 ATP. And how do we get those 36? Well, glycolysis, we get a net result of 2 ATP. The Krebs cycle, which is in the mitochondria, gives us another 2 ATP. And then the electron transport chain, which is also in the mitochondria, gives us another 32 ATP. So the complete catabolism of glucose gives us 36 ATP. So the predominant source of ATP production for high intensity exercise that's less than 10 seconds 
is creatine phosphate. So if you think of a 50 meter sprint or an Olympic weightlifting shot put, the predominant source of ATP would be creatine phosphate. Then if it's a high intensity exercise that's around three minutes, the predominant source of ATP production would be anaerobic glycolysis. Whereas if it's a longer, lower intensity exercise, the predominant source of ATP production would be the aerobic energy system. So if you think of a 5k run, a 10k run, a 2k swim, a 10k bike, that would all be the aerobic energy system. So we talked how um, for the complete catabolism of glucose, we got 32 ATP. Well, for the complete catabolism of triglyceride, which is fat, how many ATP do we get? We get 460, so much, much more. All right, team, happy studying.